Chapter One of the History of Genghis Khan. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. The History of Genghis Khan by Jacob Abbott. Chapter One Pastoral Life in Asia. Four Different Modes of Life Enumerated. There are four several methods by which the various communities into which the human race is divided obtain their subsistence from the productions of the earth, each of which leads to its own peculiar system of social organization, distinct in its leading characteristics from those of all the rest. Each tends to its own peculiar form of government, gives rise to its own manners and customs and forms, in a word, a distinctive and characteristic type of life. These methods are the following. 1. By hunting wild animals in a state of nature. 2. By rearing tame animals in pasturages. 3. By gathering fruits and vegetables, which grow spontaneously in a state of nature. 4. By rearing fruits and grains and other vegetables by artificial tillage in cultivated ground. By the two former methods, man subsists on animal food, by the two latter, on vegetable food. Northern and Southern Climes Animal Food in Arctic Regions As we go north from the temperate regions toward the poles, man is found to subsist more and more on animal food. This seems to be the intention of Providence. In the Arctic regions, scarcely any vegetables grow that are fit for human food, but animals whose flesh is nutritious and adapted to the use of man are abundant. As we go south, from temperate regions toward the equator, man is found to subsist more and more on vegetable food. This, too, seems to be the intention of nature. Within the tropics, scarcely any animals live that are fit for human food while fruits, roots, and other vegetable productions, which are nutritious and adapted to the use of man, are abundant. In accordance with this difference in the productions of the different regions of the earth, there seems to be a difference in the constitutions of the races of men formed to inhabit them. The tribes that inhabit Greenland and Camp Schatka cannot preserve their accustomed health and vigor on any other than animal food. If put upon a diet of vegetables, they soon begin to pine away. The reverse is true of the vegetable eaters of the tropics. They preserve their health and strength well on a diet of rice or breadfruit or bananas and would undoubtedly be made sick by being fed on the flesh of walruses, seals, and white bears. Tropical Regions Appetite Changes with Climate in the temperate regions the productions of the above-mentioned extremes are mingled here many animals whose flesh is fit for human food live and thrive and here grows too a vast variety of nutritious fruits and roots and seeds the physical constitution of the various races of men that inhabit these regions is modified accordingly in the temperate climes men can live on vegetable food or on animal food, or on both. The constitution differs, too, in different individuals, and it changes at different periods of the year. 
some persons require more of animal and others more of vegetable food to preserve their bodily and mental powers in the best condition and each one observes a change in himself in passing from winter to summer in the summer the desire for a diet of fruits and vegetables seems to come northward with the sun and in the winter the appetite for flesh comes southward from the arctic regions with the cold when we consider the different conditions in which the different regions of the earth are placed in respect to their capacity of production for animal and vegetable food we shall see that this adjustment of the constitution of man both to the differences of climate and to the changes of the seasons is a very wise and beneficent arrangement of divine providence to confine man absolutely either to animal or vegetable food would be to depopulate a large part of the earth first steps towards civilization it results from these general facts in respect to the distribution of the supplies of animal and vegetable food for man in different latitudes that in all northern climes in our hemisphere men living in a savage state must be hunters while those that live near the equator must depend for their subsistence on fruits and roots growing wild when moreover any tribe or race of men in either of these localities take the first steps towards civilization they begin in the one case by taming animals and rearing them in flocks and herds and in the other case by saving the seeds of food-producing plants and cultivating them by artificial tillage in enclosed and private fields this last is the condition of all the half-civilized tribes of the tropical regions of the earth whereas the former prevails in all the northern temperate and arctic regions as far to the northward as domesticated animals can live interior of asia pastoral habits of the people from time immemorial the whole interior of the continent of asia has been inhabited by tribes and nations that have taken this one step in the advance towards civilization but have gone no farther they live not like the indians in north america by hunting wild beasts but by rearing and pasturing flocks and herds of animals that they have tamed these animals feed of course on grass and herbage and as grass and herbage can only grow on open ground the forests have gradually disappeared and the country has for ages consisted of great grassy plains or of smooth hillsides covered with verdure over these plains or along the river valleys wander the different tribes of which these pastoral nations are composed living in tents or in frail huts almost equally movable and driving their flocks and herds before them from one pasture-ground to another according as the condition of the grass or that of the springs and streams of water may require picture of pastoral life we obtain a pretty distinct idea of the nature of this pastoral life and of the manners and customs and the domestic constitution to which it gives rise in the accounts given us in the old testament of abraham and lot and of their wanderings with their flocks and herds over the country lying between the euphrates and the mediterranean sea they lived in tents in order that they might remove their habitations the more easily from place to place in following their flocks and herds to different pasture-grounds their wealth consisted almost wholly in these flocks and herds 
the land being almost everywhere common sometimes when two parties travelling together came to a fertile and well-watered district their herdsmen and followers were disposed to contend for the privilege of feeding their flocks upon it and the contention would often lead to a quarrel and combat if it had not been settled by an amicable agreement on the part of the chieftains large families accumulated the father of a family was the legislator and ruler of it and his sons with their wives and his sons sons remained with him sometimes for many years sharing his means of subsistence submitting to his authority and going with him from place to place with all his flocks and herds they employed too so many herdsmen and other servants and followers as to form in many cases quite an extended community and sometimes in case of hostilities with any other wandering tribe a single patriarch could send forth from his own domestic circle a force of several hundred armed men such a company as this when moving across the country on its way from one region of pasturage to another appeared like an immense caravan on its march and when settled at an encampment the tents formed quite a little town rise of patriarchal governments whenever the head of one of these wandering families died the tendency was not for the members of the community to separate but to keep together and allow the oldest son to take the father's place as chieftain and ruler this was necessary for defence and of course such communities as these were in perpetual danger of coming into collision with other communities roaming about like themselves over the same regions it would necessarily result too from the circumstances of the case that a strong and well-managed party with an able and sagacious chieftain at the head of it would attract other and weaker parties to join it or on the arising of some pretext for a quarrel would make war upon it and conquer it thus in process of time small nations as it were would be formed which would continue united and strong as long as the able leadership continued and then they would separate into their original elements which elements would be formed again into other combinations origin of the towns such substantially was pastoral life in the beginning in process of time of course the tribes banded together became larger and larger some few towns and cities were built as places for the manufacture of implements and arms or as resting places for the caravans of merchants in conveying from place to place such articles as were bought and sold but these places were comparatively few and unimportant a pastoral and roaming life continued to be the destiny of the great mass of the people and this state of things which was commenced on the banks of the euphrates before the time of abraham spread through the whole breadth of asia from the mediterranean sea to the pacific ocean and has continued with very little change from those early periods to the present time great chieftains genghis khan of the various chieftains that have from time to time risen to command among these shepherd nations but little is known for very few and very scanty records have been kept of the history of any of them some of them have been famous as conquerors and have acquired very extended dominions the most celebrated of all is perhaps genghis khan the hero of this history 
he came upon the stage more than three thousand years after the time of the great prototype of his class the patriarch abraham End of chapter one